0: Today, I'm going to teach you how to buy a property for less than half of the asking price. Yes, you heard that right, less than half. My name's Matt Haycox, and let me welcome you here to my penthouse apartment in the heart of Dubai. Let me show you around a little bit, but before I do, please make sure you like this video and click to subscribe. Done it? Perfect, let's go. Now, please forgive the mess, because it is a total building site about to undergo a major renovation but I can't tell you how much I love this place and I'm gonna love it even more when it's finished. But what I love even more than the panoramic views from the 48th floor next to my private swimming pool is the fact that I paid less than half of the asking price. Now let's talk numbers. When I first viewed this property, it was for sale for 20 million dirhams. Now that's about four million pounds in English money. It's about five and a half million dollars in US money. Was it worth it? To be honest, at that time, I didn't even really know because I didn't know the market well enough. But either way, I wasn't going to pay it. So, how was I going to do it? There's going to be two key tactics to my plan. Now, number one, I was going to be a cash buyer. And number two, even more important than the first point, I was not going to be emotional. Now look, let's look at both of these things separately. Firstly, as a cash buyer, I was going to be providing certainty and speed to the seller. Now this is absolutely essential when you're trying to get the best deal. If someone's going to take less money for an asset than they feel it's worth, then the way that it's going to get sweetened for them is by knowing that the transaction is going to happen quickly, painlessly and no messing about. And this can only happen from a credible buyer who's got cash in the bank. Now, before you start saying, "Oh, that's easy for Matt to say, but I haven't got four million quid sat in the bank to spend on a property. Hey, I've not even got 40 grand. Don't worry. Firstly, this strategy works on properties of all values. And secondly, it doesn't even have to be your money. Yes, you heard that right. You don't have to have the money for the purchase price, but you do have to have someone who does so that you've got it available to you. Now, this could be a credit line from a bank, it could be a loan from a bridging funder, You could even have an investor or a partner, it doesn't matter, but you do have to have access to the money so that when you start talking to the seller, you can provide them with a proof of funds. Now, proof of funds is a bank statement, an offer letter of finance, something that is going to give them the certainty that the money exists and that they're going to get paid and fast. Now, let's talk about the second part of this strategy, removing emotion from your decisions. Emotion should be a four-letter word. It's something that causes people to get terrible deals in business. And whatever you're buying in life, whatever deal you're doing, if you let emotion take over the transaction, then you're never ever gonna get a good deal. To be unemotional about a deal, you have got to not care if you lose it. You've gotta be willing to walk away. Now look, some people are great at being dispassionate about a transaction. They can just pretend that they don't care. Personally, I'm not a great pretender, nor a great liar. So the way that I ensure that I don't care if I lose a deal is to make sure that I've got a backup plan. Now, not just one backup plan, but lots and lots of options. I've got a pipeline full of other deals so that I truly don't care if I lose one deal if the terms aren't right for me. But the problem is there's no shortcut here. You've got to put the effort in. And that means making relationships with real estate agents. It means viewing dozens, maybe even hundreds of properties, because you've got to find as many as possible that fit your criteria because you're going to be making offers on all of them and you're going to make it known that you're making offers on all of them. Does this mean that you don't love a particular property? No, it doesn't mean that at all, but it just means that you've got a few more that you love too. So you never need to get emotional and you never need to feel loss if a negotiation isn't going the way that you want it to. For me, this really is the best negotiating strategy that you can ever learn. You put the effort in at the beginning to build out your pipeline so that you've got options. And it works whether you're buying a house, a car, whether you're haggling with a builder, or you're making any other purchase. And it even works either way round when you're the one doing the selling. If a buyer is pushing you to do a deal that is just too low for you and you don't wanna do it, but you're scared of losing the sale as you need the money, what do you do? you make sure that you've got dozens more prospects to sell to so that you can walk away from this bad deal with confidence because you've got the confidence that you'll make another sale to another one of your prospects on terms that suit you. So, let's put this theory into practice. What did I actually offer when I found this property? Now remember, they were asking £4 million at the time. My offer was at £1.2 million and that is nearly 75% discount on what the seller was asking. Now, as you can probably imagine, the agent laughed at me. He didn't even want to put the offer forward. He told me the client would never accept it, and I told him they had actually agreed with him, and he was probably right. But I didn't care, because all I was doing was testing the water to see how open to negotiation this guy was gonna be. And remember, I genuinely didn't care if the answer was no, because I had about five other properties that I'd looked at, and I was ready to offer on those two. Now, in this case, I got lucky, because a couple of days later, the agent came back to me with a counter-offer of about $3.4 million. Now look, that's a long way from the $1.2 million that I wanted to pay, but it was already showing a 15% movement from the original asking price. This seller was clearly motivated, and the door was open for me. We continue to negotiate back and forth for a further seven weeks. Yes, seven weeks. And that is another key skill you need to learn in negotiations, patience. You need to have the patience to wait to get what you want. Now, I know that so many of you watching this or listening to this are like impatient kids when it comes to negotiating. And that's why you get shit deals. Great deals rarely happen on day one. They happen over weeks, months, sometimes even years and you need to be patiently waiting for the other party to get worn down. You need to be waiting for some change in their circumstances to occur that makes them finally give in and accept your terms. In this case, seven weeks was actually nothing really when you look at the numbers on what I was saving here. After seven weeks, I'd increased my offer to 1.4 million pounds, but the seller had actually come down to 1.5 million pounds and that is over 60% less from where we'd started the agent told me that was it that it was the final final offer and that i would be crazy if i didn't accept it did i accept it no i was going to have one last roll of the dice and i told him anyone who drops from 4 million quid down to 1.5 million quid is absolutely not going to walk away from a deal for another 100 grand so please don't come back to me until you've got my price agreed and three days later deal Agreed. An unbelievable discount on a prime, prime piece of property that was seriously under market value. Now this is when it's essential to have the cash ready to transact with as there is now no time to mess around. You've got to instruct your lawyers immediately and you've got to close the deal as soon as humanly possible. You don't want the seller changing their mind and you've got to keep them motivated that your money is ready for them. Sweetening the pain of them taking such a huge drop in price. And that is the story of how I'm sat here now in what over the next couple of months will be transformed into my absolute dream house. I built my pipeline of options. I had my cash ready to transact. I made a hard low ball offer, likely to offend most people, but not something that was going to bother me because I had plenty of other options open to me if this one didn't work out. And then crucially, I had patience. I had the patience to sit out the negotiation and wait to get the deal done on my terms. Now, like I said earlier, this strategy works on any asset and it works whether you're buying or whether you're selling. And it's so, so simple. It just requires you to put in the effort at the beginning to do your homework, to do the legwork and to make sure you've got options. The bigger your pipeline, the greater your options, the better deal you'll ultimately get. Now it's unlikely to happen to you on day one with your first offer, but if you plug at it long enough, eventually something will come off. And believe me, it will be worth the wait. And once you've done it once, you're gonna be hooked. Now there's an old expression that you make your money when you buy an asset, not when you sell it. And this is referring to ensuring that you get the right terms on day one. And then it doesn't matter what happens after that. You can afford to ride the waves of an erratic market. You can afford a few mistakes with builders when you're refitting it. You can withstand periods of void if you can't find tenants quickly enough. And then, when the time comes to selling, even if the market hasn't even gone up since you bought it, you're still a winner because you bought it so cheap and you locked your profit in on day one. So, there you have it. How to buy a property at less than half of the price. I hope you like this video Now go away and start implementing this strategy immediately. But just before you do, please make sure you like and comment and share this video so your friends can watch it too.